The following is a production of the Speedsport Podcast Network. Welcome to the iRacers download here on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, I'm Taylor Burris, and of course with me is my co-host Justin Prince and our wonderful producer, Mr. Wayne Owens. And Justin, we have a very special guest founder and co-owner of Monday Night Racing, Ford Martin is here to talk with us to talk about this season two that we just completed this past Monday night, as well as the future of Monday Night Racing. Monday Night Racing, of course, one of the biggest series in all of iRacing, especially with all the big names from both the virtual and real world who have taken part the past couple seasons. It's going to be a great conversation, I think, to be able to see what he has to say after what was a eventful season finale. It certainly was, and let's go ahead and bring Ford Barton in. Ford, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you today? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Of course. Now, to get this interview started, why don't you explain to our listeners here what your position is, not just with Monday Night Racing, but what you do outside of iRacing? Yeah, so everything that we have for Monday Night Racing, um, I am obviously found the league, use a lot of my connections, which is through uh, my work uh, at uh, Fox Sports. I'm a digital content producer, uh, but originally I grew up in the garage. My dad was a crew chief for Kevin Harvick and RCR for a long time, uh, Gil Martin, and uh, won over 20 plus cup races and uh, grew up in the garage as I was a little kid. And, and uh, I, like I said, used a lot of my connections through the years to make Monday Night Racing what it is and brought a lot of people. And it's kind of, it's still migrated different people and getting a lot of people that I didn't know already on board. And, and, and here we are in this spot currently. It certainly is. I mean, for looking at having the honor to call a lo- this past season, some of the names of drivers and people who have come to race in this series. You've had NASCAR champions such as Bobby Labonte and Kyle Busch in there. You've had even Australian V8 supercars and IndyCar drivers such as Will Power, Shane Van Gisbergen. And then, of course, media members involved with Monday Night Racing. Drivers, people such as Dylan Welch racing in your series. And people like Adam Alexander, Daryl Waltrip, Larry McRattles, Dave Moody, Alan Beswick calling these esports events. Yeah, it's it's truly been an honor having all of these guys uh, come on and race with us. I mean, we had even had Matt's Pappas what uh um, last night uh, or sorry, excuse me, last Monday night, and having him a part of it. And when you get guys like announcers like Adam Alexander, and it's kind of funny where he a lot of people don't know much about Adam Alexander, and I will say like he is probably the most humble guy I have ever been around. Um, some people get let uh, let a little bit of stardom, or um, they 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 let it get to their head a little bit when they get pretty famous. To Adam Alexander is the complete opposite of that, and he'll come by and fist bump every little the people that don't matter as much. Maybe the small interns fist bump some every day. Goes around and says hello, and and he he puts in the hard work. and And we struck up a conversation, and I asked him one time. Um, if hey, love to have you on the broadcast sometime. He was all about it, and he loved doing it the first time at Twin Ring early in the year. We came back at Miami in January with him, Daryl, and Larry. He had a fantastic time calling it with with uh, DW, and and Larry especially with DW. And then they wanted to do it again, and they they loved being a part of it. And I got to say, a guy like Daryl Waltrip. I truly think he misses being a part, being on the broadcast, doing a race, because just working with them, leading up to everything, and and not just Miami, but I think even more so leading up to our championship event in Atlanta. I mean, the guy showed up with a notepad pen, ready to rock and roll, show exactly what he has to do to, to learn more about these guys and, and know – a track that he personally loved uh, and a combo, the trucks at Atlanta. And he, he likes this, not just cup cars every week. I mean, he's tuned in and watched a few of our races and, and he enjoys it because there's a guys that he knows and, and it's not taken as seriously. Yeah. We know we give, you know, up to two wave rounds per caution. We give, you know, guys chances, but well, a lot of people say like, Hey, why do you give so many fast repairs? Why do you give so many wave rounds? But people got to realize this league is, it's fun. I mean, it's competitive, yes, but it's fun at the same time. These are people that all know each other, and 
it's turned to people are friends, and now they're starting to meet people within the garage area uh, at the racetrack. That, hey, you race a Monday night racing too. Yeah, they didn't know each other before, and that strikes up friendships with so many people in the garage. And, and that's exactly what we have done is, is made and formed new friendships. I mean, I knew about three people when I started this league, and now I know about almost everybody in this league on a personal level. And it doesn't. It, I mean, it speaks more to what iRacing is, but it speaks more to also what what this league has done and what Podium Esports has done to broaden our league and to, to reach more people on a professional platform. And and when you, especially when you bring in guys like Double A, Bob Jenkins, Alan Bestwick, Daryl Walter, Larry McReynolds, uh, Dave Moody, all these guys, it shows exactly what this league is about and that we take it seriously, but we're also here for fun as well. You certainly are. And let's take a quick look back on this season two that we just completed. I mean, started off with probably one of the most exciting races I've ever seen at Talladega. They took the cup cars to Talladega and Kyle Busch with less than five laps to go goes from the race lead or from 24th to the race lead and win. I mean, your thoughts on that to kick off season two and your overall view of this entire season? Well, KFB. That's 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 all you got to say. I mean, there's nothing more you can say to that. The, the guy can drive, and and when you go back and look at that, I'll go back and look at it from time to time and, and see exactly how incredible uh, that run he had. There's, I mean, it's all you can say. KFB. I mean, the guy the guy had an awesome run, and 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 especially having Kyle a part of it this year. I mean, he's been. He's been great. He wants to come back for season three. He's excited about it. Could do the final three races because obviously he was in the West Coast. And then he won a little more time to prepare for the Pro Invitational uh, for the Bristol Dirt Race. But he definitely wants to come back next season. He's really excited about it. And uh, me and Kyle really didn't know each other before. Now he, he'll text me, asking me some stuff about iRacing, which I think is uh, pretty incredible. So he's been a, a great partner to be with. And and I'm I'm pretty lucky to have him a part of our league, and that's also attracted other guys like you know Parker Klugerman, Landon Castle, uh, Bobby Labonte, Matt's Pappas. All these different guys want to join. Uh, uh, we got close to a special guest this past championship race. Couldn't work last minute. I uh, don't want to announce anything because it's possible for season three he will join us. But I'll try to keep that a secret for now, and hopefully announce some stuff here in the the coming weeks about it. But um, yeah, it's it's been a been a fantastic season from start to finish some great races great finishes and and i tell you we got we got the ball rolling this is a snowball fet so we're ready for a pretty wild season three coming up what were some of your favorite moments from season two because there were plenty of different combinations across the entire calendar what were some of your favorite moments when thinking back throughout the entire campaign oh boy uh i, I gotta say just uh, probably the Kyle Bush moment, him going from last to the first was, or sorry, twenty fourth to first was was incredible. Uh, having Daryl Waltrip, I mean, I, I was I, it's, this is people that don't even follow, not even the Monday Night Racing account doesn't follow them. I don't follow them, and it's people that retweeted it that said we're now living in a world where uh, Daryl Waltrip is broadcasting an iRacing event on Twitch. I mean, no one would have thought about that this time last year, or actually maybe a little little over a year ago. No one would have thought about that. And and here he is doing it, and just, just working with those guys. And it wasn't like how Larry and, and Adam and DW working with them. It wasn't where they just straight up were going to think about, let's let's do this, hey, let's have some fun, you know, hey, this, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just set it up and then we'll race. I mean, no, they spent days ahead. They wanted the – crystal clear notes and it kind of works out because obviously i went to school for sports broadcasting at high point and and i mean i've called some big games on espn and and uh a couple different platforms before so i know pretty much what it takes to get ready for some of these big events and providing adam with these notes and he's like i said you want like full notes he's yes i want every single detail larry too and we're like okay like i prepare for them and they almost prepared for it like it was the like the Daytona 500 almost. I mean, the amount of questions they asked, the details. Larry Mack, in, in a good way, warned me out, asking every little detail about how the race is going to be structured. And and that it speaks to – it just kind of made me sit back and, and listen to James Pike and, and Larry kind of talk back and forth a little bit for a while. And it's made me just think, man, like is this really happening? 
Like, is Lambert Reynolds and Darrell Waltram, Adam Alexander this curious and want to know all these questions about this league? And and it just it's it's kind of one of those like, wow, is this really happening moments? And and that that's I gotta say that's probably my favorite moment of the season. On track, death of the Cowbush moment. Um, off the track, it was definitely being in the meetings with Larry and Adam and Darrell Waltrip and all those moments. Those are some of the greatest moments. The worst moments was uh, me running in the back of the pack almost all season. So I think that's exactly what we'll, that was my, my moments of the season. Absolutely interesting to say the very least. And it's always been interesting to hear a lot of the preparation especially as someone who personally calls a lot of races and also has called Real World Sports as well to learn about the preparation side of things and about how some of the top broadcasters in the entire nation prepare. Of course, a lot of preparation has to go into these types of races. How did you find that balance in the preparation between Monday Night Racing and working with your work with Fox Sports? You know, I think really what made it our league to what it is, is I try to use a lot what I learned from real life, whether it's broadcasting or being producing roles, knowing what it takes to, we, I mean, I wanted to go all out for it. I mean, and I think what's really made our league what it is, is, is our presence on social media and how we run our account. I mean, there's a certain way how you got to run, how, how you got to run it. And, and I think we've really done that. And that's what I've tried to use everything that I've learned from Fox, whether that's you know, being from college and then applying it to my job at Fox and then applying everything that I've learned from Fox into our league. And I think that's what's really made our – to lead to what it is today. And, and I, I mean, you know, Justin, you've done a great job with and, – with, and Taylor too as far as what it takes to prepare for these races. Y'all do a great job at it. And – and we try to use the balance that I've learned and and apply it and give it to Adam as far as some of the stuff through iRace. I kind of bounce stuff off my head that he's like, oh, that's a good idea. But I tell you, it's probably like 2% of my ideas I brought forward to Adam. He's brought forward like 98% good ideas to me that I've learned a lot from him. And and I try to use that, some, a lot of stuff that I learned from Adam in these meetings that I've worked with to apply into our races and using ideas that have been used over the years in NASCAR, like an in-race report. We want to do some driver intros, like a promo video, days of, to get everybody excited for our races. And use, like, not just using just, like, uh, hey, there's a race tonight on Twitter. Using videos to promote where there's, you can see the view count in it. So it shows people when we present the sponsors. Hey, there's so many people are viewing our videos when we post about it. And using the ideas to, to bring forward sponsorship because Big Green Egg, uh, they love working with us because of what we use. I mean, because some people might view some of the Coke series as more on the serious side and, and some guys that they might not be sure of. When they look at our league and know guys that they are they are sure of and that they know, like a Ron Caps, like a Chad Reed, a Kyle Bush, James Davison. And which I got to say, first of all, James Davison did us very proud last night. I got to say, we had to put out a tweet as far as he was kicking everyone's ass last night, or at least for the beginning part of the race until Willie B did Willie B things. And uh, James Davison made us very proud. But it just shows, like, hey, a guy, because I, I heard, I saw a message one person said, Chris Knight posted on Twitter, like, I didn't realize James Davison was this good in racing. And some guy tweeted, yeah, he races that Monday Night Racing League. I don't even know the guy that tweeted it. And it shows the many people that we've brought forward that know about this league. And, and it just shows exactly how we've, uh, how we've reached people, whether it's be on social media and, and or TV. It certainly is, Ford. I mean, it's phenomenal to see uh, some of our Monday Night Racing competitors racing in the Pro Invitational at the dirt track at Bristol. And also, to think about it, there's more E-NASCAR Pro Invitationals later on happening throughout the year. Your thoughts on the Monday Night Racing helping some of those competitors get ready for those events yeah, so it, it, when we – and it was obviously before the, the, the update to the Bristol Dirt, but we had um, – when it first came out, we got James Davison that came out and uh, raced with us, as did, I believe, um, Garrett Smithley. And uh, they came out there and raced with us on the dirt, and we had, like, a little bit of a race, and Davison told us, like, man, like, I love doing stuff like this with you guys because it really – it got me ready. It was, it, was a, it was an expedition race. It was just for fun. I mean, this kind of got me prepared for the Pro Invitational coming up. It kind of get my feet wet because I'm—I don't run dirt. I'm an IndyCar background, and and James is all about it. And 
And as far as some of these races, I mean, yeah, like James having a race before a cup at Phoenix, but he's running on the Monday night before he's running Indy cars at uh, Montreal. Like it doesn't apply to Phoenix at all, but he comes to us and he says like, Hey, like I really like this league because it keeps me determined. It keeps me in that racing mood to, you know, keeps me fresh. I'm not just coming in so cold, especially with the no practice. I'm, I'm able to like, you know, stay fresh going into that, that week ahead and, and it makes it where I can learn with more people to earn sponsorship too within the league. And um, that's an, also a big bonus that some of these guys have in our league to, uh, to join, you know, whether it's sponsorships, but other people in, in racing. And, and it keeps all these guys fresh because it's real competition. But also, you got to remember we're here for fun. Coming up, more with our guest of the week, Ford Martin. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Here, still continuing our interview with owner and co-founder of Monday Night Racing, Ford Martin. And Ford, we're going to touch a little bit briefly on the excitement that happened that happened last Monday night with the championship race at Atlanta with the trucks. Four drivers, Will Rogers, Anthony Alfredo, Preston Pardis, all who have experience in the NASCAR Xfinity and Cup Series, as well as trucks. And then defending champion Nick DeGroote trying to go for his second consecutive championship. Tell us your thoughts on those four drivers competing and how that race went a little bit overall for them. I, I got to say, what... Four great champions that we had representing us here at Monday Night Racing. Obviously, Nick had a fantastic season in season one, return for season two with even more competition. Uh, speaks to his racing abilities to come back and 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 race in season uh, two with, like I said, more competition and making the championship four. Will Rogers, um, I can't say enough of great things about him. A class at came in, raced his butt off. Only had one win on the season, but he he he, um, he was there in the end. Anthony Alfredo, don't I mean obviously I don't know where to begin with him. He's been such a big help, and uh, being there, especially his following that he has, and being there for the championship four, and then Preston Partisan, Xfinity Series driver part time, and uh, he's a little bit on the quiet side, but I tell you what, he's he's a he's a fantastic driver, and he keeps his stuff clean. He's quiet during the races, but when it's time to pounce, he's always there. So can't speak enough great things about the those uh, championship four drivers and we love having them representing us here uh, Monday night race in the season. It certainly is. And of course, Anthony did have some issues happen for him during his championship run, unfortunately having some technical issues with his computer. Of course, here on the virtual world, we don't have anything like an engine expiring or anything like that. We have to worry about internet outages, power outages and system failures on our computers. I tell you what, that was when we were racing in that race. I'm in a Discord channel with TJ Majors, Ron Caps, DJ Cummings, uh, Mark Rebellis, and Matt Stalneck. And we were all working the racing community. And when we saw Anthony Alfredo lose uh, connection, we all at the same time just gave a big, oh, no. Because I, I feel for Anthony, I mean – he put in, I mean, he doesn't really put on social media much, but the amount of work that he put in before that race was uh, incredible. I mean, like he was asking me questions as far as how's this, what's the weather going to be? I mean, down to every little detail, uh, working with some of his guys that he does before his races. And he did uh, just outstanding work. And, and I really hate it for him because, I mean, he was, he had a season. I mean, a lot of uh, bad luck. Uh, as far as finishing second or third, late cautions getting him, finishing uh, second guys like Kyle or, or Parker, or some of the big guys, and I hated it for him. But I tell you, he, he had a great season, and I really hate it happened to him. But it just proves even more that he wants to come back bigger and better. He says, I'm, i got to get the season three dub. That's what i got to do. So maybe we'll see him do it. I don't know, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Of course, the race, though, was dominated by one of the most biggest esports organizations on the iRacing service, Space Station Racing, with Raja Karuth, who is also competing in the Arkham Menard Series East Championship, and then Will Rogers, who's competed in the NASCAR Series, both the Trucks, Xfinity, and the Arkham Menard Series, both of them winning the race and taking home the championship. 
what is that did that make you feel and seeing the dominance of that team coming to this season I got to be honest with you. I did not expect that at all. I mean, Rajas had, if you just followed his season Monday Night Racing, I don't even think he's even finished a race this year. I mean, the guy brings home the steering wheel or he brings home the trophy. And he's lived up to that motto. I mean, twin ring, he got wrecked. I mean, a couple different races got wrecked. Um, Even though Miami, he did get second. He led the portion of the race, and he tried to drive it deep in the corner and wreck Alfredo for a a playoff spot. Didn't get it. and I felt for him, but he finally got it. And I was really happy for him uh, that he got the win, especially for Spaceship Gaming and how, how they're growing and getting bigger. Aaron Rodgers and Karuth always talking about how uh, what a big difference maker they've made into making the, um, their team bigger, not just in the Road to Pro or in, in the Coke Series, but like they're, they're, they're using Monday Night Racing as a platform to get bigger. Obviously, we know we're not bigger than Road to Pro or, or the Coke Series, which is okay. Um, but kind of using this as more of a platform to get some of their 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 uh, their workout because you got Adam Alexander calling home at Spaceship Gaming. I mean, you're having Adam Alexander say your your race team has got to be pretty special for them. And then Will Rogers, a a road course guy, winning on oval because I expected Alfredo to come home with the win. And he kind of told us in media day that he thought hey, I might have the leg up on a lot of these guys because the rest of these guys are road course guys and I'm an oval guy. And didn't expect Rock, didn't expect Will being up there in the front, and, and he proved all the doubters wrong. He ran good, consistent. I mean, Rajah was telling a lot of them, like, hey, run this line, do this, do that. And and it just it just speaks to the professionalism of that team, which is good for Monday Night Racing, the amount of heart and soul. And it's good for me to hear, because when you have people spent all week long getting ready for a, a race, not just a regular season race, but a championship race and – the amount of work that they put in just speaks to the high volumes of how impressive our league is uh, and how impressive our league is and how much it's grown that enough people are putting in time and effort into their day to get ready for our races. And uh, I'm proud of that team and looking for them to maybe even Rajab be in the championship for next season. Well, let's look ahead into Season 3. Season 3 kicks off May 3rd. We're taking the Cup Cars to Daytona International Speedway, the oval configuration. So, a great track, of course, to kick things off with the Super Speedway race. But let's take a look at some of the other scheduled tracks that we have. We have the dirt track of Bristol with the trucks. We have the Indianapolis 500 at the Indy Cars. We also have the MX-5s at Lime Rock. Gateway with super late models, Nashville if we if iRacing does release that before July 26, and then of course probably the most exciting and interesting one, the All Star Race on July 12th, Radicals at Texas. Tell us about your thought process going into this season three. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this coming season, but before we get to this season, we have another season three of another league that we just partnered up with, and that's the ERL. It's Anthony Alfredo's uh, Esports Racing League. And and that league is going to serve as a qualifying league where the champion uh, earns his entry into MNR Season 3. Now, we've had a ton of people want to uh, join our league, and we understand, and it's for motorsports industry only. I mean, if we open up to everybody, I, I would lose count about how many people have wanted to be in. But just for motorsports folks only, there's been so many of them want to get in. Right now, so far, as far as our signups, we want to give our guys first dibs. We have 38 people returning from last season to this season. And I don't know if we have enough, I don't even know if we have enough spots. So what we want to do is for some of the new guys that want to have a chance to earn their way in, uh, the champion of season three of ERL begins this Monday night. It's going to be on Putting Me Sports. And uh, actually, we haven't released this yet, but as far as the schedule, uh, it's going to have the same MNR format. Um, it starts on March 29th with the Cup Series cars at Richmond, then moves over to Moss Sport with the Porsche 911 RSR. Then we go to Miami with the IndyCar, then the UMP Modifieds at Knoxville, and then the championship race will end at Auto Club with the Xfinity cars for a five-race uh, Season 3 ERL champion makes their way into uh, Monday Night Racing Season 3. So at least gives anybody and everybody, and this is not just for motorsports people, this is for anybody. And we want to keep it where, it's, you know, we want to have everybody have a chance in Monday Night Racing because we're fun. But we want to keep it to a 5.5 and under I rating 
to give, you know, where it's not just like a coat driver kicking our butt every week. We want to give guys uh, um, uh, a chance to really make it into our league that um, still want to be part of a fun league, but it's not uh, the top drivers are really not in it. Um, so, but we want to make it at least somewhat fair. So a 5.5 I rating and under, you'll have the chance. And this is for anybody. You could be working at the local, you could be working at UPS, you could be working um, and anybody. It could be anybody that can, that can join our, the, uh, this ERL league. And the champion of that gets a spot in Monday Night Racing. So it gives the public a chance to make it, gives people in motorsports that want to be a part of season three to make it. And uh, that gets to be a part of what is going to be an outstanding season. So that's a lot of the news we wanted to, we announced today and then the schedule, which I just uh, gave right there. So um, there will be a cap on the field, though. We haven't really gave an exact number yet, but it's going to be around 60 to 70 people. Because we want people to, you know, qualify their way in, and, and it's, it's kind of hard to pick and choose, and we don't want to be that people. So it's going to be on a first-come, first-served basis. Sign-ups will begin tomorrow night. Um, so it's uh, it's we're, we're looking forward to a great season with ERL. Proud to partner with them, and just shows you exactly what uh, two great leagues working together that we can do. Now on to season three of Monday Night Racing. I don't even know where to begin. I tell you, the race I'm looking forward to is probably the Radicals at Texas because it's a race that is so wild that the preferred lane is the apron, which is unheard of. We ran that race last season and everybody had so much fun on it. It turned into a little bit of a wreck fest, but guys had a blast running on it. It was so much fun. And we, uh, we hope to, to put on a great show for that next season, because what a car track combo. That's, that's my favorite. And that's why it might be a little bit of a wreck fest. So that's why we had it as the all-star race, but What's going? You know the Porsche 911 RSRs that are going to um, uh, going to Miami Roval. We're thinking about making one schedule change based on the announcement that was yesterday. Um, I didn't want to tell people about as far as because we kind of had some inside information this was going to happen, but we had to keep quiet about it about the Chicago Street Course. So we it's not official. We're kind of asking guys in MNR how they feel about it, but we kind of want to think about moving the the MX-5 at Lime Rock to MX-5 at the Chicago Street Course. So um, still figuring a couple things out about what we want to do with that, but uh, I've lost count as far as uh, the how many people have reached out to me that's in the Monday Night Racing group that are really excited about Season 3 of uh, Monday Night Racing coming out. Of course, a lot to unpackage there, to say the very least. So let's first loop back to the ERL partnership. Of course, Anthony Alfredo started that series a few seasons back. That's a radical change for ERL as well. Keep in mind to shuffle over to there in that format. Why the ERL as the partnership to be the pipeline for drivers to race in Season 3? Well, it's more with Anthony Alfredo. He's always he's he's a part of our league, and he's been trying to find ways to grow his league and make it bigger. And he thought, well, what if we do something where we kind of uh, merge in a in a way where it, it's it's our league, but also we keep the Monday Night Racing name and title. And I thought, how about just make this kind of an entry league into our league? And we we wanted to do that. And Anthony and I have become really good friends over the past few months through iRacing and and working together on some Fox Sports shoots. And we've become really good friends and talked a lot. We've kind of kicked the tires on it for a while. And and this has finally become epic now, where, as, as he put on Twitter just now, he said, this will be epic. People always ask me how they can race in Monday Night Racing with us. Well, now is your chance through ERL. And we think it's a way where guys have a chance to race with us and uh, that want to be a part of it. So we chose ERL just because of the platform that Anthony's kind of already built. We don't want to make a whole new, you know, like a, Monday Night Racing Bush Series. We want to choose kind of almost a, a well-established league um, that's already made a name for itself. And, and choosing a name like ERL that's almost, I think, one of the bigger leagues out there, although they haven't raced in a while, but still that Anthony has grown using his name within the industry, um, using them as a, as a more of like an Xfinity Series to our Cup Series, it just shows exactly um, – it can make our league, can help their league out a lot to join. Uh, even guys that maybe don't even want to race in Monday Night Racing, just want to race in a cool e ERL league that's on Podium Esports. And they don't have to race with us, but the fact that they have an opportunity to come in and, and, and race uh, 
to a chance to race against guys like Ron Katz, Max Pappas, Kyle Busch, Chad Reed, a lot of those guys. Um, so we're that's why we chose work with Anthony. He's done a great job working with us, and we're excited to partner up with them during our uh, MNR offseason. It's very interesting to say the very least, and it's going to be interesting what talent comes through, especially because I love this quote from Steve Lovinter in reaction to this, where he considers leagues are the local short tracks of sim racing esports, and it's a way, as you talked about, for drivers to get an opportunity to show what they can do. That was one of the emphases of ERL. It's going to be interesting how this works and how drivers make their way through that series now once they get the chance to try and drive in to get into Monday Night Racing, absolutely. Yeah, and and we really think so. And I, I think Anthony's done a great job as far as marketing ERL. I think we've done a good job as marketing MNR. And, and I'm really interested to see who's, who's going to join because – uh, as far as signups, because this really came a big idea as far as just the champion. It was originally supposed to be top five, and but we've had so many people from our league want to come back, and that's almost unheard of a little bit. Because when you see a lot of these leagues out here, these are people who don't really know each other that much, and then they race for, for about four or five races, and they leave. And This group has been with each other since I – mean, obviously, we had about 20, 25 cars season one now we're at almost like 38 to 40 now, obviously those other couple guys are nascar drivers where they have their busy schedules but the core group has stayed together and now we have a chat where we talk almost daily about nascar stuff not just mnr but just nascar stuff we become good friends in the industry and 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 when you have people like it's usually you might lose some people from season to season we're gaining people from season to season and, 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 and people that joined from last year now are really, really good friends. I'll take Matt Stolnick, for example, and Mark Rebellis. Matt Stolnick works with, uh, Ian NASCAR and works with that group. Mark Rebellis is a USA Today photographer, does a lot of stuff with NHRA and NASCAR and also, you know, MLB and, and NFL with some Super Bowls. We didn't know them for this season. And then now we have a group chat of just me, him, uh, Matt and DJ, uh, DJ Cummings and we become best friends now in our chat and we love to and that just speaks to how this league is bringing people together now with ERL we have one lucky contestant that can be a part of what I think not just the league but almost a family and, and a really close group of friends so Ford why don't you tell our listeners here today where they can go to apply as well as where they can go to follow watch and see the continuation and the growth of Monday Night Racing so to, to sign up for your chance to be a part of Season 3 of Monday Night Racing, ERL, at ERL Racing, on Twitter, is going to be, uh, they're going to be um, releasing some news tomorrow as far as how to sign up for that. And uh, it's going to be almost on a first-come, first-served basis. So be sure to sign up as quickly as you can. We're going to give everybody a time where it's going to be released as far as sign-ups. We'll release that here tomorrow. But we want to get the snowball rolling a little bit today as far as our part tomorrow release for signups in preparation carrying some momentum into uh into monday night they'll take place during the mnr offseason um if you're just interested in watching monday night racing events and keeping up with our news it's at monday night racing short for monday at monday night racing uh, you can find us on twitter and and uh our two two great leads coming together and and we're looking forward to an outstanding season three of erl this monday then a season three of monday night racing well, Ford, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming out here tonight to have this interview regarding Monday Night Racing. The final question is, could we possibly, depending on how interesting and expansive Monday Night Racing could be, could we possibly see Monday Night Racing on FS1 or FS2, maybe not this year, but somewhere down the road, just of how popular it has become? Oh, boy. <laughs> I tell you, if you asked this last year, I'd have been like, "Man, if we can just get our race on a on a on a Twitch stream, I'll be happy." So, uh, it's something that it's on. We don't want to settle. I have I even tried my dearest, and it was close to happening for the Homestead race to have an R event on um, the Fox Sports Facebook page, and uh, being on the Fox Sports app, it was very close to happening, but we just couldn't make it happen. So. Because, but I will say the Fox Sports executives that I talked to on digital side are very interested in of it. Uh, they know about our league. The higher-ups do. Um, 
So I think we just got to keep doing what we're doing. You know, they want to, they're, they're, they're a world-class company that wants to see what these leagues are about. And they want to, any type of is what's it about. They want to see a foundation. And I think we're doing that. We got to keep doing what we're doing, keep growing our league. And if we keep doing this, I believe that we can be right up there with the Coke series. And we're learning a lot from them. They're the premier series of iRacing. And we would like to be right there with them. I, would love to have us our championship event be on a FS2 or MAV TV and then potentially grow as esports gets bigger into an FS1 and and I would love to have it on Fox that that's that's the ultimate goal I want to take this league uh, we don't want to settle we want to grow it and make it bigger into a uh, a world class event as esports gets bigger it certainly sounds like you are on the right direction. Thank you so much. That is Ford Martin, co-owner and founder of Monday Night Racing. Of course, you can catch the season opener of Season 3 on May 3rd, the Cup Cars at Daytona, only on Podium Esports Network. Coming up, news of the week and events coming up. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince along with Taylor Burris as it's time to go through your news of the week after what was an eventful one, to say the very least, in eNASCAR and eSports in general across the iRacing platform. First things first, Taylor, it was a busy week when it comes to the pro drivers not just with monday night racing and its spectacular finale but how about a spectacular race when it came to the enascar pro invitational series coming back the enascar pro invitational iRacing series in particular on the dirt at bristol well, Justin, it was a great way to introduce the Bristol Dirt track that just was released on the iRacing service, as well as a chance for these drivers who are wanting to get more time on the track before they take off to the actual Bristol Dirt track that they'll be racing on this coming weekend. I mean, we saw a phenomenal racing, great dominant performance by a couple of drivers. We just talked about them briefly during the interview with Ford. James Davison coming home with a strong finish. But, of course, it was none other than William Byron who took home the checkered flag there. And to no surprise, to be quite honest, Justin, I mean, he had a couple of bit of competitors battling with him, such as Chris Buescher along with Tyler Reddick, but... Any, can anybody stop William Byron this season for the e NASCAR Pro Invitationals? I'll tell you, it was going to be tough to stop him in the first place because William Byron, most people don't realize this, on top of what he's done on iRacing on the pavement, races a lot in the dirt. He was a part of some of the Invitationals last year for some of the dirt events, for example, Taylor, where he was very competitive, to say the very least. He had also raced in various practice races and brawl sessions that have been very much well known at this point, documented at times with Nick Onger and his esports organization, William Byron Esports, as well as raced with some of the drivers for FTF and dominated their practice race, in fact. So it shouldn't be surprised to see William Byron come away with the checker flag there with the preparation he had done for that race. That being said... It's going to be interesting the rest of the calendar how things play out for that series to be able to try and stop them, especially with some of the surprises that have now come along the way. It's going to be really difficult, but it's not impossible, I think, to beat William Byron based on some of the performances seen. No, it certainly is not, Justin. We we're going to see a lot of drivers trying to showcase their talent on the iRacing service. I think ones to watch will be drivers such as James Davison, Tyler Reddick, even maybe Kyle Busch if we maybe go to a different track this season. So we'll have to keep an eye, see what happens. But it's going to be exciting to see how the rest of the season plays out. But also another thing to point out, Justin, that's not the only pro series on the iRacing service that has been competing. Just announced on Wednesday, IMSA's iRacing Pro Series presented by SimCraft will kick off in April once again. It's a three-race schedule with Sebring International Raceway, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, and Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta kicking off a three-race season for them. It's good to see the IMSA boys back at it here on the iRacing service. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, to say the very least, with some of the drivers. And as someone who had the opportunity to call, essentially, what would be an event for that particular branch of that series at Daytona back about a month or so ago, these drivers are very quick. 
And a lot of the top drivers like Robbie Foley and several others now work with sim racing organizations for major events across the endurance calendar on iRacing. It's going to be fun to see how they race in the Pro Series once more, those racetracks, to see how they compete at the highest level once more. Because I think it's going to be a great back-and-forth battle with some of those drivers, honestly, based on what was seen at Daytona for some of those same drivers over that side. It's going to be a fun event, to say the very least, to see which drivers make their names known to those who may not follow as much and which drivers put in the preparation to back up what they do in the rear world track. It certainly is. And then, of course, we talked about it as well. The IndyCar iRacing Challenge kicks off again. They started their season last week at Montreal. Of course, it was Alex Pelot who won the race there. And, Justin, I got to say, seeing three of the biggest American motorsports series competing on the iRacing service just shows how iRacing has brought the world of e-racing as well as these companies to the forefront, especially after 2020 with all the chaos that ensued there. But to see it still ramping up even more so in 2021, even though we're not in a pandemic, professional drivers are still going out to compete in real-world racing events now, but yet they still take the time out of their busy and hectic schedules to go on, hop on their computers, and race virtually. I think 2020 opened up a lot of people's eyes on what virtual motorsports can do because the community was always there and was always filled with plenty of drivers looking to show what they can do and utilize their talents. But 2020 allowed, I think, a lot of the main broadcast networks and sanctioning bodies to fully appreciate and learn about esports in general and see the success it can bring to bring the virtual races onto the real world screens especially with the pro invitationals of last year to see it all come back emphasizes how much the sanctioning bodies realized the potential of having the drivers come to the virtual world and be able to compete in my opinion because overall it's been a huge success, to say the very least. Of course, it's a much different circumstance now, but it's to where, in my opinion, Taylor, we're going to see more of these types of events as time goes on and more real-world drivers continue to invest in virtual motorsports because the potential is there to continue to grow over the next decade, in my opinion. It certainly is, and in a sense, Justin, this is the future of motorsports. You know, with the constant changing, yes, we will still have actual real-life racing happening till who knows when. It'll still happen, whether it be still running combustion engines all the way to even if we end up going all full electric or hydrogen or whatever we decide to run or power our vehicles with in the far-off future. But esports is something that is constantly changing, but yet you can do things that you maybe cannot do in the real world as far as with certain things. I mean, let's be honest, we'll never see a NASCAR Cup Series car run at Le Mans or a IndyCar run at Daytona, or even, let's just say this, uh, we'll see Formula One cars race once again like they did back in the 50s at Sebring or etc. You'll never see these different types of combinations happen, but in the virtual world, you can do that. You can make adjustments, changes that you can't even do in the real world that you can do in the virtual world. And I think that's going to be the biggest draw, per se, for people to come and try out. And it allows the sanctioning bodies, too, to be able to, in theory, Taylor, test different ideas. It's been seen in the past with some of these races to see, okay, what would happen if we bring these drivers over to Dwayne Marine Motegi? For the e-car invitational last year for example or bring them over across the pond to tracks like silverstone for some of these series it allows the opportunity to see okay what could happen if we go to this track in the real world it certainly does justin and that's the amazing thing with virtual racing and esports is that they can do that so and speaking of trying different things and new things in the virtual world yeah, yesterday, before the eNASCAR Pro Invitational kicked off their round at Bristol Dirt, iRacing and NASCAR announced 
a new street circuit coming to iRacing. It's the Chicago Street Circuit. Now, for those of you wondering, why are we having this fantasy track being built on iRacing? It's not a fantasy track like the iRacing Super Speedway, nor like a fantasy car like that Dallara IR01C that we saw released last year in 2020. This is legitimately a track that NASCAR is considering eyeing to build for their NASCAR series to race at Chicago, to bring NASCAR racing back into the Chicago area, but with a street course. And Justin... I'm still kind of curious to see how this track will drive, because looking at it right now, I'm going to be honest, it looks like a bunch of 90-degree corners right now. It's still early on, you'd have to say. It's 80 to 90% right now in the process complete doing the preparation and finding out about this circuit. But, Taylor, the main thing to think about when it comes to this is this is the opportunity to try to showcase what we can what can be done and what could be adjusted if they go this route to a street circuit in downtown Chicago, because this is a market that NASCAR obviously wants to be in with, of course, Chicagoland in the past, and, of course, now this opportunity for the street circuit. Of course, the pro drivers will get the opportunity to showcase it first, but it's going to be a track that will bring in a lot of excitement, and that being it's a street circuit in downtown Chicago in the heart of a metropolis city. It's right in that wheelhouse to showcase, potentially, what the future of NASCAR could be 2022 and beyond. And that I completely agree with you. So I'm still optimistic, excuse me on that, optimistic on the outlook of this circuit, but I still want to see what iRacing and NASCAR can do, because if you think about it, not too long ago, iRacing and NASCAR actually worked together to help configure the new Auto Club short track. We haven't yes. seen any actual renditions yet. We've seen a couple of tidbits, but it's nothing officially released from iRacing yet. So we'll have to see what happens in the future, but we could possibly see iRacing releasing tracks that NASCAR is requesting, hey, could you do this and test it out and see what the drivers, the fans, and you know sim racers would think about. Exactly. It allows the chance to try different things. We were just talking about the combinations. It allows different opportunities to show, okay, what if we built this circuit? What if we did this track? What needs to be adjusted with said track? Do we? Can we make this banking total work? Can we make this corner work? All of that, I think, is going to be very beneficial with the technology iRacing has at its disposal. And who's to say there isn't more opportunities coming in the near future, Taylor? It's the matter of what's going to happen from this point forward, it's going to be the interesting thing. It certainly is. And let's now take a look as we preview, as we're coming to a close, previewing the next round of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Heading once again to from the East Coast to the West Coast, Auto Club Speedway. Yes, we still have it. We're still going to run the two-mile circuit out in California in the California sun. And as we look ahead, Justin... A lot is still on the line for these drivers. Of course, we had our previous winners on the show of Orion Luza, as well as Logan Clampett, who were the previous two winners so far this season that we've talked to. Your thoughts on who to watch out for at Auto Club? Honestly, it could be wide open, but it's the type of racetrack which benefits drivers who are strong on the long run. So I think you have to keep an eye on, obviously, drivers like Leahy, like Luza, once more. Michael Conti, I think you got to keep your eye on. But as well, I think you have to keep on drivers' eyes, such as Mitchell Dion, for example, and how he will do. Because he's somebody that's going to need some to show what he can do on an oval after some of his struggles. It's also going to be a track where it'll be interesting how the preparation goes for multi-groove racing, Taylor, because... Like Atlanta, Auto Club was one of those adjusted tracks. And more so with the NASCAR Xfinity cars, it's been utilized and seen drivers could run up to the wall there. In fact, Auto Club, like you can in real life. It's going to be where drivers who have already been doing preparation for weeks on hand now need to be able to, I think, drive both those lines. So if all those drivers named and then some, have done their homework and their preparation to make sure they're ready to go to try and utilize the multiple lines. I think it's going to be an exciting race. Who comes away with the checkered flag 
comes down to who prepare the most to be able to perform on the long run with the tire fall off. It certainly is. And then finally, as we come to a close for this episode, a special event happening this weekend on the iRacing service, the 12 Hours of Sebring. Of course, that is utilizing the IMSA car, so that will be the Dallara LMP2, the Chevrolet Corvette C8R, along with the Porsche 911, the Ferrari 488 GTE, and the BMW M8 for GT Le Mans. And then the GT Daytona class will inquire the Lamborghini Huracan and the BMW M4, Justin. So very exciting to see sports car racing kicking off a little earlier before we see the IMSA Pro Invitational. So your thoughts on Sebring 12-hour? I think it's going to be intriguing how it all plays out, which, which organizations come up on top. Because so far, it's been, for the past few years, organizational domination from essentially... Teams like Vendival, Red Bull Racing last year, for example. Williams also performed in 2019 there. And Coanda Simsport last year. Coanda's got the momentum. I think they're going to be one of the organizations to watch depending on the driver lineup. Outside of that, you can't forget about organizations like Redline. And the momentum from Bathurst as well. With how dominant they were at Bathurst over the course of 12 hours there. So I think it's going to be... The case where it all depends on the driver lineup and who ends up coming into play here, Taylor, for when they rotate in and out and how they balance to some of the world championship events coming up and their preparation for that. It's going to be a fun race. And don't forget the radio show Le Mans crew coming into play once more for the event as well is going to add that extra bit of excitement for the fans watching at home. It certainly is. And then briefly to touch on the E-NASCAR Roads Pro Qualifying Series, Derek Bardot took home the checkered flag at Atlanta Motor Speedway to be the second driver to win in the top split. So that will move him up actually into the point standings after that race. So a great performance. Justin, before we call it a night, where did you finish and how did you do for your race? Seventh place, in fact, in I think split six. And I think it was much more better than what I honestly expected coming in because I was honestly very nervous, especially about how things would fare out on the long run. Guess what? Things fared out on the long run, and it actually became a bit of a strategy race, I will say, to be quite frank, Taylor, because there was an early caution flag, fuel came into play. And that's some of the things where... If it wasn't for one of my teammates in preparation saying you can go X amount of laps based on what I was able to do, I wouldn't have realized, oh, hey, I can do this too and get a top 10. I don't know. We don't know that preparation. We likely finish in 25th as a group. So it overall was a fun race overall, to say the very least, especially to be able to come away with a strong finish and be in the top 50 right now in the points, personally. Yeah, great performance by you guys over at Kale Gale to performance as well. So we'll look forward to seeing as you guys get ready for the next round at Richmond in a few weeks' time. But that is it for us. So for everyone here on the iRacers download, Justin Priss, our producer, Wayne Owens, and for Ford Martin from Fun- Monday Night Racing, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the iRacers download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.